The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning, Roto Experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, October 18th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, how you feeling? Week 7. Can you believe we're already at week 7? Kick it off tonight? Yes, I can believe it. You know, okay. It's, uh, it just becomes a routine. You know, like players get in their routine, we get in our routine, and we're, we're, we're in our routine. All right, fair enough. Like Wade Boggs, though, are you hopping over the third baseline and eating a bowl of chicken at 7.05 every day or whatever it is? Yeah, I'll eat a bowl of chicken at 7.05. Sounds good to me. I might have Wade Boggs confused with Pedro Serrano of Major League, the movie, but that's okay. I digress. I Let's get it in. Right? Boggs did too, right? Yeah. And we also know, as uh, has been memorialized in an episode of It's Always in Sunny in Philadelphia, Wade Boggs once also drank something like 60 beers on a cross-country flight, which, uh, you know, is a record somewhere. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, I never watched it. Oh, you got to. You got to. It's amazing. Imagine it as a degenerate version of Seinfeld. It's a Seinfeld in the sense that, um, like, there is no... Every episode, like, is just a standalone thing, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, but... I don't know. I love it. I love it. Let's die. I think they're in season 13 right now with the boys. The Dayman, the Nightman, all sorts of good stuff. Fight milk. But that's besides the point. Let's get into it here because week seven is starting, and we know who is starting at quarterback in two places, Scotty. Derek Anderson will be starting for the Buffalo Bills at Indianapolis this week, and it will, in fact, be Brock Osweiler starting for the Dolphins at home against the Detroit Lions. Um, which one of these quarterbacks do you think has more 
more impact on the skill players for their team. Um, does I'm trying to look for any kind of impact. I know we're not necessarily starting these guys. I don't know if any if you like Brock as a DFS play, perhaps a, a low level tournament kind of play, or do you think either one of these guys actually help the skill position players uh, better than their former quarterbacks on that team? Yeah. But Derek Anderson sounds like a punchline to the average fan, but he's a veteran right. quarterback, and he might be able to actually pump some life into, uh, you know, into the, the passing game a little bit to the point where you know they could move hmm. the team. I'm not saying they're going to score 30 points or anything like right. that. I'm not sure. I have to look to see if he's played with Kelvin Benjamin before because they were both in Carolina. In Carolina, they might they might have been on the same roster, so right uh, there, there might be some familiarity there and. You know, you might get a little bit more out of Jay Jones, but you don't want to use either guy right now. You just want to keep him on your watch list. You know, Derek Anderson, you know, is a veteran quarterback. He's been in the right. league for a while. There's a reason that he's been he's been signed mm-hmm. and why he's playing over yeah. Nathan Peterman. But still, you know, you want to start whatever defense is going against Buffalo right now. So that's why Indianapolis is probably going to be a top five defense this week. So that's uh, what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Because let me ask you this, because we have been giving out the Indianapolis defense as a streamer here. You're, the, the change to Derek Anderson, the fact that you mentioned, you know, he's a veteran quarterback, right? So maybe he doesn't make the same quote-unquote rookie mistakes that you were preying on when you were streaming against the Buffalo offense. Are you still comfortable with the Indianapolis defense as a top streamer? It sounds like you are. I am because, you know, Derek Anderson, the journeyman quarterback, that they signed off the street too. You know, let's not get that confused either. Absolutely. I'm sorry. What were you going to say uh, as it related to Brock and Miami? Well, I think it makes the Detroit defense a pretty good play because Brock, Brock Osweiler could, uh, you know, absolutely drop a stinker. You know, we've, seen, we've yeah. seen it before. I don't have any confidence that Alfred Wilt, Albert Wilson can repeat what he does last week. When I do my lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com today, Albert Wilson's not going to be in my top 35 receivers. All right, absolutely. You mentioned your ranks that are going to be in the Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season fantasy football package. Don't forget to enter the promo code the King at checkout. You can get a special discount or really. Let's say you're like one and five or two and four, but you're like, you know, eighth or ninth in your league in points and you still got a shot at it. Um, go on and get that package. Use the promo code the King at checkout. Scotty, um, as it relates to Brock Osweiler in Miami, I saw reports that the league is looking into how the Dolphins treated the Ryan Tannehill situation. And it sounds like, you know, he was trending down throughout the week of practice, right? But then now they're saying he's out two weeks. So they should have known and listed him as like out instead of as a game time decision or however he was listed. Do you think uh, Miami was doing anything nefarious here? It's possible, you know, it could be, I, we're going to have to wait and find out. I can't answer the question because, okay. you know, I don't know, I don't know all the intricate details of it. You know, I can't make a guess, you know, we'll have to mm-hmm. wait and find out with the investigation, but, you know, it's not going to affect fantasy outlooks regardless. Interesting. I know we're talking about football, but it sounds like a baseball story right now, Scotty. You saw how the Houston, Ask- Houston Astros, I guess, have a guy taking pictures of the opposing dugout. They've done it a couple of times. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Oh, really? I was, watching, baseball. I, was watching, I was watching the Knicks romp last night. No, I hear you. But this was about – this came out like yesterday. Major League Baseball has acknowledged that the Houston Astros, like they tried it game one against Boston. Apparently they tried it in game three against Cleveland. Apparently there have been some claims from throughout the regular season uh, that they had like a random team employee <clears throat> that would sit in the uh, camera well 
in the opposing in the visitors like Camerwell on the other side and is just straight with their camera pointed at the opponent's bench the entire time taking pictures trying to steal the signs like just straight up using cameras like pretending like they're a photographer in the camera well taking pictures of the opposing dugout in an attempt to steal signs the uh, Fenway security had to remove this guy then there's reports that the Cleveland Indians security had to remove and it turns out to be the same guy and there's reports I think it happened in Oakland throughout the season as well. Major League Baseball came out with a big statement yesterday acknowledging that this was the case but not having any kind of consequences or penalty for the Houston Astros. Remember the Houston Astros were also uh, remember Trevor Bauer earlier in the year was, you know, in essence, accusing the Astros of doing something as it related to, you know, improving the pitcher's spin rate on all their uh, and K rate on their stuff. So interesting stuff going on in Houston. But, yes, yeah, you got to check that out, Scotty. That's very Belichickian, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There were people who made the comparisons to Spygate. But I encourage you, Scotty, to go out and check it out sometime today. Uh, it's all over the place and apparently like a real thing. Major League Baseball released a statement themselves. But I digress. Scotty, um, listen, when we were talking about waivers earlier in the week, um, and I've seen waivers run. There's a waiver that ran in a week that we are uh, in a league that we are in together. And this guy guy had a $200 bid. I'm talking about Raheem Mostart. But then yesterday, Kyle Shanahan comes out and says that him kind of being the number two back over Alfred Morris like he was on Monday night, quote unquote, isn't permanent. What does that mean? It means what he says. It's, it's, it's not permanent. Like I was warning about this yesterday. That it could have been a one game strategic thing. I don't know if we can believe him or not because coaches lie, but, you know, we saw a huge bid for Steve Mostart in one of our leagues last night. Yeah. And uh, that's why I didn't go crazy. Somebody bid $200 for him. I threw in 42 Yeah, I put in a bid for him as well, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't $200, so I had it went out. I lost out to you on a different running back as well, but I digress. Scotty, there are reports that came yesterday that Le'Veon Bell is going to walk through that door on Monday. A, do you believe it? Like, can we take this to the bank in terms of how you maybe are starting to anticipate or make moves for your roster? And B, week eight, I know we're still talking about week seven, but week eight, do you start Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, both or neither? Uh, I think it's way too early to tell, but you know, okay. right now I would have to lean towards James Conner because – we don't even know if Le'Veon Bell is going to be there in week eight. You know, Le'Veon Bell conceivably could not report till after right. the trading deadline, which is, you mm. know, to, to, to force something there, which is October 30th. And mm. conceivably, he doesn't have to report till like after week 10. So we can't assume anything right now. You got to lead towards James Conner unless, unless you know otherwise. All right. Fair enough. Uh, <clears throat> Scotty. I say it every week. You know, on yesterday's show, I said, like every Wednesday, when I say that the practice reports are going to come out and I'm going to get uh, a notification on my phone that DeAndre Hopkins' status has been changed from healthy to questionable. And guess what? In the middle of the afternoon happened yesterday. I got a notification on my phone that DeAndre Hopkins' status was changed from healthy to questionable. I do not believe he is going to miss any action. This is what happens every single week. And this is what we see with a lot of people, okay? You know, there's other people that... You you know, missed practice. Robbie Anderson, missed practice. Isaiah Crowell, missed practice. You know, um, 
a lot of people get that DNP. Khalil Mack didn't practice, you know, for the Bears. So what I'm intrigued, though, by are two people who practiced in full yesterday that I think are important and does actually change the calculus for fantasy owners. So I'd like to take it from that positive standpoint. The first is T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton practiced in full coming back from that hamstring, Scotty. Um, I know we've been talking about the Colts a lot, you know, as it related to their backfield with Mack and Hines, as it related to guys like Eric Ebron, if that meant that Chester Rogers was a play. What is T.Y. Hilton practicing in full due to all of that, especially people who maybe picked up Chester Rogers thinking he was going to be, you know, kind of the last man standing there? Means like you put him back in your lineup. I mean, he's going to rank, be ranked 17th for my ranks today on Roto Experts. That will be out this morning lineup rankings. And uh, Chester Rogers gets backed out of uh, the top, the, the wide receiver three conversation. Okay, does what does it do anything to your perception of Eric Ebron for the week? Uh, it downgrades him slightly, but he's still top five. He he's he's still he goes from being the number one to the number two pass catcher in that offense. So he's still going to be very effective. All right, fair enough. So we still believe in Eric Ebron, um, but T.Y. Hilton back will be a welcome sight, not only for Andrew Luck, but for fantasy owners as well. The other one that I think is really important, Scotty, but honestly. I don't know how to play it because this is a guy that I I think, and it sounds crazy because he might have been a late first-round pick for some people. I think I'm now the position, you know, you said you're going to run T.Y. Hilton and start him with confidence right away. And I you might say the same thing about this guy, but I think I might have to wait and see it first. I'm talking about Dalvin Cook. He got a full practice in yesterday as well, but I'm concerned. They have tried to bring him back before too early. Remember that Thursday night game? They brought him back. I think he wound up with 20 yards in that effort. It looks to me that Minnesota does not know how to manage this correctly. I'm almost like I want to see him before I put him in my starting lineups. Are you starting him right away uh, against the Jets this week? I kind of have to, right. I guess, but if he if he's active, you got to start him. I think yeah. that that's the way it is. And he was active because he was inactive because he wasn't ready. So he's active. You start him. If he's inactive, you don't. I think it's that simple. Really? But think about this. Yeah. Remember that Thursday night football game a couple of weeks ago? He was active, and he wound up getting ten carries for twenty yards. Scott. I mean, well, I, but we all we also had a report that he was going to be on a pitch 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 count as well. So I think okay. we have to wait and see the reports. We can't have an answer today. All right, so when you said, though, it's simple. If you're going to go to the Thursday night, though, and you got to go David Johnson or Dalvin right. Cook, you go David Johnson. Fair enough. So let me ask you one more clarification because you said it was pretty simple. If he's active and you start him, if he's not, you don't, right? What yeah. if we get reports that it's that, that, that all now familiar phrase we're hearing that he's active but he's going to be on a pitch count? What if we hear, what if we hear that? Then you don't. You, then you don't start him. Oh, okay, yeah. because – uh, well, it sounded when you said he's active, you start him. He could be active and on a pitch count. Well, you didn't say active with a pitch count. You know, you just gotcha. said active. You know, uh, if it's active with a pitch count, then you don't start him. I see. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to clarify because, you know, to yeah. me, you know, active is active, right? Like if he's active but on a pitch count, he's still active. So I just to wanted to active, clarify. Active is active. No, active with a pitch count is different. 
Gotcha. All right. So yeah. that, there we go. Yeah. That's why we are clarifying this exact situation. That makes sense to me. Scotty, I want to tell the people out there uh, that if they enjoy daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups, try the Props Builder tool over at mybookie.ag. Forget the multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of late scratches. Forget the experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account, use the promo code FNTSY. You'll get a 50% deposit bonus. So go on over to mybookie.ag and bet the props that you choose. Enter the promo code FNTSY and start using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag promo code FNTSY. Scotty, I tried to frame it like the injuries that did matter and the practice reports that were trending in the right direction with T.Y. Helton and Dalvin Cook. And because I say like DeAndre Hopkins, I see it every week. I saw it with Sony Michelle on my rosters again, but I, I, I have no doubt that he is going to play this week uh, for the Pats against the Bears. Are there any injury reports or DNPs that you think were new or that actually kind of did matter to you and are not this kind of just like, oh, it's just the baseline. We'll see how they're trending throughout the week. Are there any injuries that did um, rate on your radar? Yeah, TJ Yeldon missing practice with foot hmm. and ankle injuries. That concerns me a little bit. I think he's banged up and uh, – you know, if you're desperate for running back help and Jamal Charles is a free agent, you can just go out and pick him on the first come, first serve right now after the waiver runs in your league. I think you have to go out and do it. And Robbie Anderson didn't practice yesterday either, and that Jets receiving core is getting kind of depleted. That is true. That is true. We know our guy Quincy Inunwa is already banged up, and we've been talking about how Jermaine Curse um, and to a lesser extent Terrell Pryor, depending on health, could be there Um you know, if these guys do miss action. Scotty, we got to go to break in a minute, but I want to ask you, um, I've seen reports for very different reasons, I'll say, um, about two NFL teams that uh, their future is sort of in limbo. Scott, remember, we know last week, unfortunately, um, you know, you're a big Seahawks fan, Scott. Unfortunately, Paul Allen, the owner of the Seahawks, the owner of the uh, Portland Trailblazers, passed away, yes. right? But the thing with Paul Allen he was never married. He has no kids. So it's kind of unclear as like who inherits the team and what they would want to do with it might they sell. Okay, so that's one situation. We're also hearing reports now that the league is really concerned about the Chargers in San Diego. They're just, I mean, about the Chargers in Los Angeles. They're just not making the money. They're kind of like the, the, the bastard stepchild in L.A. because the Rams have, you know, captured the city. Spanos is now – Spanos also um, – I think passed away a couple of like a month ago. And there's conversations they're saying in the league about, you know, changing their revenue projections, what it would be the feasibility about moving them to San Diego. We don't know what the future really holds for the Seahawks either because they may have new ownership. Um, I know it's not a fantasy thing, but did you like that caught my eye, both of those things. Do you have any thoughts on both of those teams and their potential futures? Uh, do you want me to answer that when we come back from the break? Yeah, let's no, do that. Let's do that after the break. Both. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Let's do that after the break because I'm intrigued. And as you know, Scott, you know my lady was uh, is from San Diego. is a big Chargers fan, but kind of like, you know, gave them up along with the rest of the family because they hate the Spanoses and having to move to L.A. The question is, could, could they, should they be back in San Diego? And what does maybe uh, Paul Allen's sister, who may be the – getting the team or whatever what do they do let's talk about that and then we'll look at brandon murchison's week seven ranks after this 
the Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game time decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle. Don't forget to use the promo code THEKING when you go and get the in-season fantasy football package from rotoexperts.com. Scotty, we do have a caller, but we're going to get to Terry in a hot second. What I do want to do first is get your thought. You know, I was talking about how these two teams, the Chargers and the Seahawks, for different reasons, right? Obviously, the sad passing of Microsoft giant Paul Allen uh, passing away, um, but he has no family. I mean, not no family, excuse me. He has no, he was never married, has no children. So the kind of line of succession and inheritance is not entirely clear, and we don't know what that person would want to do with the team. And then there's a lot of reports that Honestly, uh, the simple way to put it is that the Chargers are just kind of not working out in Los Angeles um, for a number of reasons. And so what do you think about these two things? Where, what, what might happen to these two teams? Well, first off with the Seahawks, uh, Paul Allen's going to be a hard act to follow. Absolutely. Uh, I remember when Paul Allen first bought the team. It was in the mid-90s. The Seahawks were going through one of their most down periods in franchise history. And uh, current owner Ken Baring at the time had, who was from Anaheim, actually had moved the team to the Anaheim for three days and was intended really? to keep them there. Yeah. Was to keep them there. In the mid-90s this was? Yeah. Uh-huh. This was well, like the later. other Kurt uh, Warner was the running back and Dave Craig was quarterback? No, that was, that was the – Kurt Warner was uh, the running back in the 80s. Oh, that was uh, earlier. Okay. I believe this was about like 1996, uh, right. I'm going to say. So between Largen and Bosworth. Yeah. <laughs> After both. Okay. After okay. both, yeah. Uh, don't worry about the timelines. <laughs> it's, it's, Fair it's enough. A little, a little, it's a little past. My Seahawks history is little, fuzzy. I got a it. A little Go pre-John Kitna, you know? <laughs> got it. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, but like around with the Warren Moon, uh, Joe Galloway sort of era. Got uh, it. But, but anyhow, uh, they had actually moved the team to Anaheim for three days, and they were going to call it the Anaheim Earthquake. And uh, Paul Allen swooped in bought the team, and it led to the most successful decades in franchise history. The team made three Super Bowl appearances and won their first Lombardi trophy. Uh, and now uh, everybody's asking, this is this is really a story out there, but they came out and made a statement on the website right now that not now is not the time to ask any questions. Uh, you, you That Paul Allen had already had a plan in place for when he passed, and I don't think they're revealing any of it, what it is. Uh, hmm. There's been speculation that his sister doesn't want to run the team, but that right. she's a big Seahawks fan. So I think it's unclear what's going to happen with the franchise, although I would lean towards probably selling it to the team at some point. But, you know, and I'm just guessing here that they want an owner who's going to keep it in Seattle and right. adhere to certain principles because that's what I believe Paul Allen's, you know, vision is. And it, he's not going to get rid of the, the Trailblazers uh, right right away either. Uh, what I believe is is that you'll probably see a patch on the helmet or the uniform, and you know this team, which is is actually playing a little bit better than some people have expected, is probably going to be uh, emotionally uh, you know galvanized a little bit more. 
uh, you know, than, than we expected. So it gives him something to play for on the field, I think, for, for his memory because it, it's rare that you see an owner, uh, you know, like him, just like there was just an outpouring of love just like for every single player yeah. that played from him. So, you know, sometimes, you know, guys are indifferent to owners publicly when they pass or they move on or somehow. And with the Chargers yeah. – Look, the Rams a different feeling, Look. right? A different feeling from the fans yeah. and players from Seattle to the Chargers, I would say. <laughs> yeah, with uh, the Chargers, you know, the Rams have dominated this market because a they have a past history there, and b they're playing like a Super Bowl contender. Uh, yeah, personally, I always thought it was a mistake to move the Chargers to Los Angeles, if anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, take them away from San Diego. They had they had a readily dedicated fan base there. I, I yep. think that was painful to watch. Uh, I never yep. like it when teams relocated on a, on a on a diehard fan base. That's bad. You know, it's mm-hmm. not the Montreal Expos where nobody was going to the game. Five people were complaining. Uh, you know, could they relocate him back to San Diego? I can't see the league admitting that mistake. Right. You know, I think they're probably going to tough it out until they get the new stadium. That's interesting. Um... You know, as you know, Scotty, uh, you've met my lady. She's uh, from San Diego, was a big Chargers fan. They have a lot of ill will towards the Spanos family. They really do. Um, you know, I'm going to throw something crazy out there. Could you ever hear the Mexico City Chargers? Uh, I, you know I, they kind of want to expand I, there. They have games down yeah. there, and the community in San Diego is very close to Mexico, as you know. Um, what do you think? I'm spitballing here because they they do want to get there. Idea, but I don't know. They do want to get down to Mexico up. City, though. We also heard you know, that yesterday that the Jaguars kind of like folded the tent on moving to London. On yesterday. London, yeah. yeah uh, so. Con withdrew their bid What's right on Wembley though, Stadium. Like, I don't want to digress too much, though. But I'm gonna. Fair. When I was when I was growing up, when I was a kid, you know, I lived in Queens, and I really didn't watch football. But if people asked me, I said I was a Jet fan just because, right. I, you know, they, I lived in Flushing, but I really wasn't a football fan at all. I really wasn't a Jet fan. Then I then I became a fan of of football like right around 1984, and when the Jets were moving to the Meadowlands, I said, you know what, they're moving out of my backyard. You know, I'm not going to root right. for them. So. Yep. You know, I kind of feel for the Charger fans in a way. Yeah, that makes sense. You can empathize, right? Uh, when it's like, it's, you know, yeah. it's like it's like uh, if, a, if a, a husband or wife divorces you, a boyfriend or girlfriend dumps you. You know what I mean? Because people have such imp- like personal relationships with their team. So I completely understand that. Let's go to the phone, Scotty. And if uh, someone else wants to join the fun, they could call us at 844-843-6879. But we go to Terry down on the Jersey Shore. What's the quote-unquote situation down there, Terry, on the shore? How can we get you a W? in week seven and beyond. Hey, Terry, oh, long-time thanks. Roto Experts caller. Yeah, listener. I've heard from Terry on Fancy Freestyle as well. Yes. How you guys doing? I know. I'm good. I, well, I woke up. I was like 11th on the waiver wire, so I didn't put in a bid. <laughs> and then I don't know if I made a mistake because um, Hogan's on my bench and I haven't been playing him lately and I have Gronk, so I hate having two because he's not producing right now. I picked up Ito Smith. I don't know if that's a mistake. Love it. Love it, but that's a but I, don't, I can't believe yeah. no one even took them. But if I am starting Barkley, right, and I can play two running backs, and this is a standard, but it's bonus points after a hundred yards, receiving yards after forty. 
it's a big bonus league. If I start Barkley, I have Lamar Miller in, and then I have a choice between either, well, I need two, either Lamar Miller, Matt Breida, Crowell, or Ido Smith. There's no way I would play Lamar Miller. He's been mediocre. Uh, I'm going to have ranked about 40th <laughs> yeah. in my ranks today. It's so Breida for me, Scott. Picture. What do you think? Yeah, for me, Breida ran really well last week, and I – you know, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and he's running really yep. well against the Rams. So, for me, it's Breed. I have him about four spots ahead of Vito Smith. I agree with you, okay. Scotty. And I need with one Breida more. in the passing game, right? They're going to be playing catch-up. I could see a lot of screens to Breed. That's he's sort going of to stuff. be that goal line runner as well. Yeah, we like that. We like that. What else you got, Terry? Uh, I can take one more of those runners in my flex, like Lamar Miller mm. or Crowell. Isn't Crowell nice? Vito Smith, Scottie? though, right? Oh, Nito Smith. Did you say, yeah. And I have uh, Chubb, but he's not worth playing yet. Uh, if you could use Edo Smith in that spot, I would. Uh, because, you know, they're going to be able to move the ball easily against the Giants, and he's going to get some goal line opportunities. If Edo's not okay. enough, uh, if Edo's not, then, you know, I would have to go with, like, say, a Crowell by default. No, I can play all three. Like, I can play um, Barkley. Oh, no, Brita, and you said Ito. Okay, I'm go good. Barkley, Brita, right. Ito, Smith. Okay, I'm good. All right, well, listen, I'm going to get a win because I have you guys. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, we sure hope so, Terry. And Call I'll back next it. week and let us know. All right, thank you. All right, you have a good one there, Terry. We're trying to make sure we can get people to win their leagues and win that cash. And one thing you could also do if you're in the Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season package, right, is you can get Brandon Murchison's rankings for Week 7. And so I want to look at them now, Scott, and spend a little bit of time with them. Brandon Murchison doing the Roto Superstar doing great weeks, doing great work. Remember, finishing in the top five on Fantasy Pro's rankings a little bit early on this season. I'm looking at his running backs. You know, Terry had the call about some running backs just a minute ago. One of the running backs he's higher on than most this week is Alex Collins. Scott, he has Alex Collins definitively as an RB2, ranked number 16. The industry has him a little bit lower, kind of as the back-end borderline flex territory. Alex Collins, he's got seven spots higher. Uh, my question, because, you know, we were down on Alex Collins with the fumbling and all that. We thought Buck Allen could have been threatening. And then last week against Tennessee, he does not fumble, runs for 50 or so yards, and gets two touchdowns. My question is, uh, can we now trust that? Or... Um, was the game script just so trending towards Collins in that 21 nothing shutout? You know, like, does this now mean that he's, like, the lead dog again? Or is there still a concern with Buck Allen? Because, you know, I don't know, honestly, if I'd have Alex Collins that high. Do you? I, w I watched a lot of that game, and they, they, Alex Collins was getting more reps, especially near the goal line. Alex Collins is very touchdown dependent. It's really not about game flow. And he scored mm. twice this week. I have him as number 12 in my ranks for this week that are going to be posted this morning. I have him as an RB1 just because you have guys that are off uh, this week as well, like James Conner. And, uh, anything past, I would say, like the top eight or nine, you can put them all into a drum and roll them out every week. When they play New Orleans, you know, this is a goal. Of, Alex Collins, his role is a goal line finisher. When they get to the, the two, the three, et cetera, Alex Collins more than likely is going to go in over Buck Allen. And that's what you're going to see this week. They're going to have a lot of drives that he can get a chance to finish off. So he could have another two-touchdown game this week. All right. One other running back I want to ask you that, to be honest, like, and, you know, 
Murchison is the man. He's one of the top rankers out there as rated, you know, uh, by Fantasy Pros, the Roto Superstar. But I'm confused or I disagree, I'll, I'll say it plainly, with where he has Tariq Cohen this week. In PPR formats, he has him down as running back 20, and he has Jordan Howard as running back 19, right, behind other guys like Kerryon Johnson, shall we say. I, I would have Cohen higher, and here's why, especially in PPR formats. Scott, they're playing the Patriots, right? And so I think the Bears are going to be in a position, despite whatever defense they have, and if you think they're really good or not, I still think they're good, even though they got, you know, uh, <laughs> killed by Brock Osweiler. But I think the game flow against the Patriots with this Matt Nagy offense that's kind of been growing over the last couple of weeks is kind of trending towards Tariq Cohen, you know, in shotgun, in two-minute. They're going to be playing catch-up, in my opinion. I just think Cohen's going to be on the field a little bit more than Howard, it, you know, kind of. And, and that's the kind of back that they're going to want. I think game script and flow is more towards Tariq Cohen. I would have Cohen a little bit higher, especially in PPR formats. Do you? Murchison has him as RB20. I have him as 19, not because I don't oh, okay. like him, just because I can't trust him or there are other reasons why, you know, the other guys I've ever ranked ahead of him, like Breida, Coleman, Hyde, yeah. they got a great matchup, Philip Lindsay, Alex Collins. You know, I can't, Tariq Cohen's workload is never guaranteed as much as you like the game flow or the matchup, but I would definitely, you know, I don't, I don't even have, Jordan Howard in my top 25. It, okay. No matter who he faces, it, it doesn't seem like he's been able to get it going whatsoever. Now, I I don't necessarily – I could see the scenario, but I could also see a scenario where you know, they're not playing catch-up, where they're slugging it out with them offensively. Right. In either scenario, Tariq Cohen is definitely viable. But then again, okay. you know, I could be wrong on the game script. I don't have access to the playbook. Do they right. want to give it to Jordan Howard and have him play ball control? That's possible too, but mm -hmm. it, you know Jordan Howard just hasn't been a thing this year. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what. Tomorrow we'll talk a little DFS action. Um, <clears throat> you might see speeds with some lineups that have Tariq Cohen in it this week. I'll I have the Philadelphia that. running backs ranked ahead of of, uh, of Jordan Howard. I just don't believe in him anymore. It's 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 like you know people be, people still looking at the names. And they're not looking at the numbers enough, I think. I, I don't even have Keenan Allen ranked in my top 20 wide receivers the, the, this week. Wow. And the, the expert consensus rank, no disrespect to any other expert out there, is 11. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think we're kind of in this part of the season, right, Scott? Where the idea is like, do you go by the reputation or do you go by what you've seen the last month? You know, like if this was week two, you can't go by what you've seen so far because it's just too early. At this point, we got six weeks under the belt in 2018. So we got to look at what they're doing in 2018, you know, especially with guys like, you know, we talk about Jordan Howard, you know, Larry Fitzgerald. We say all the names, these guys. So at this point, you got to start thinking about what's really happening here. Um Scotty, I want to talk about quarterbacks, and I want to talk about both quarterbacks in a game that I think I'm, I'm really intrigued by this week in a non-conference matchup down in Tampa this week. The Cleveland Browns go down to Tampa. Tampa is a three-point favorite. The total is 50, okay? So with a total in the 50s, um, Vegas thinks there's going to be some points scored. And so then I look to see where does Murchison have these two quarterbacks. And I'm intrigued by this. Murchison has Baker— 
as his QB 10 this week, uh, four spots higher than the consensus, and he has Jameis as quarterback 14, six spots lower than the consensus. You know how much I love Baker, uh, excuse me, how much I love Jameis Winston. I've been touting him, but he has Baker ahead of Jameis this week in his rankings by about six spots. I don't know that I would. Uh, how do you rank Baker and Jameis this week? Because, uh, you know, there should be potential in this game. Totals up in the 50s. I, he's more aggressive than I am. Uh, only because, you know, Baker Mayfield's a rookie. He's got a right. very good matchup. But I, I couldn't find a way to get him in the top 15. Whereas Jameis Winston, I know he has all that volume. He has 10. Can I, can I start Baker Mayfield over Matthew Stafford? I can't do it. Can I start him over Carson Wentz? I can't do it. Can I start him over Phillip Rivers? I can't do it. Uh, Mitch Trubisky has a great matchup this week, too. Can't do it. Joe Flacco against the Saints? Can't do it. Now, look, this is no disrespect to Brandon, but to me, matchups are only used to govern uh, decisions between similar players. So, you know, all those other guys, Stafford, Wentz, Rivers, they're more established. Trubisky right. has a good matchup, and he's shown more than Mayfield. Flacco has a spectacular matchup, and in a pinch, I'll take the veteran over the rookie. So to me, I just can't rank him top 10 just because of matchup. No, I hear you. Um, I'm in a situation in, in a league that we're in together, Scotty, a GST league. My main quarterback is Big Ben, you know, and obviously the Steelers are on bye this week. So what did I do a few weeks ago? I was like, oh, Steelers are on bye week seven. I literally went, Scott, I was like, who's playing the Bucks week seven? And I was like, oh, it's the Cleveland Browns. Let me pick up Baker. That's literally what I decided because this is a one week kind of thing for me, just my bye week fill in. Right. So what I did is I tried to be like, let me find out who's going to have a great matchup that week. And I was like, oh, it's Cleveland. Oh, it's Baker. And that's what made me pick him up. So I am starting Baker Mayfield this week in the GST League, but as my one-week fill-in for Ben Roethlisberger, who is my QB1. He's um, a great one-week fill-in, but to okay. start him over your more established starter, it's right. not something I would do because there's an inherent risk there with a rookie. All right, fair enough, but I'm glad you validate what I'm doing. I'm playing the fantasy executive, Corey Parson, this week, so we shall would see like when we come back. Your parking as well? Sure, if you can, that would be awesome. Um, when we come back, we'll look at some wide receivers and tight ends and Murchison's ranks. We'll put a nice little bow on Roto Experts in the morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And if you're listening throughout the commercial break, you hear that we've got leagues in full swing. There are a number of leagues where some of the hosts here on FNTSY, Scott Angle, myself, 
Corey Parsons, uh, you know, Frank Stanfield, Greg Sussman, uh, that we are all competing in, Mike Blewett, that we are all competing in together. And it sounds like you and Corey have a long-standing rivalry, and it's a trigger point for both of you. What's going on there, Scotty? I don't know if it's a rivalry anymore. You know, Oh, like a rivalry with a Corey, hammer and a nail? Corey, Corey's resorted to name-calling. You know, so that already shows that he's lost. When you resort to that, he's lost. And he mentioned that I'm one in five in the Carton League, but he, he omitted something, Dane. He's well, also one in five. This is true. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, Scott, so he's, what's my he's not he, a, a, he's not any better than me. Right. Uh, second Dom was right. He's 9-23 and 23 in uh, the GST League in uh, mm. three consecutive seasons to the point where he was nearly in tears in the preseason. I had to convince him not to quit the league. You know, I, wow. had, to, I had to force Corey not to be a quitter. So yeah, that's another thing. And you know, he's also in in the in the GST. He's one in five, and he's got a five and eleven record against me lifetime. So hmm. it's really it's really not a rivalry. You know, I respect I, see. I respect Corey's fantasy football acumen. You know, he's come sure. a long way in the decade sure. that I've known him. When I first met him, he was starting guys like Taiwan Jones at running back and Jacquez Rogers. Uh, so he's learned a lot along the way, and he's become a very good fantasy player. And I think I'm the bigger person than him because I will give him the respect that he won't give me. But I think I'm, I'm in his head. It really bothers him just about – how you know uh, how even we are, and sometimes I absolutely dominate him. I often beat him by like eighty to a hundred points. It's it's very hard for him to accept, and I I feel for him, and uh, you know I, I understand where he's coming from. It's very it's very hard for him that he thinks he's the premier guy in the industry. But there are other people in the premier guy in the industry, and like a very wise person once said, and I I take this for myself. I'm not here for my pretty face and my good looks. You know, I've been doing this over 20 years, so, you know, if you're going to come, come correct. Hey, Bavona, I'm sure you can find something in there to clip, huh? I'm sure. I'm sure you can find something in there to clip for a little bit later on in the show. Scott, I do have one question, though, for you. You're talking about the Carton League, where you're 1-5 in five and Corey's 1-5. in five. Um, Who's in first place in that league? Uh, that would be you and Blewett, yes. Oh, okay, cool. Just, just, And do we have any losses yet? No, but we weren't talking oh, okay. about you guys. But okay. uh, no, I'm just wondering. You, you, you do know. enough of that for yourself throughout the show. So it's, it's all good. It's all yeah. good. Let's keep it moving. In the GST league that you're talking about, I have the fantasy executive myself this week, so I am very intrigued yep. uh, by our matchup. So I'm sure we'll talk you about by, that by ten. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that later yeah. on in the week. But let's get it going. Here's Without what I also want to tell you. Matchups. You know, Scotty, we were talking in between the commercials and stuff. Oh, I'm favored. Don't worry about that. Um. We were talking about, uh, in between the commercials over the break, that you were watching the Knicks last night in their home opener against the Atlanta yes. Hawks. And so I got to let people know that the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. That means you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL premium subscribers are using to win each week. You can use that for NBA contests now as well. You've heard a lot about DailyRoto.com. You've heard about how in week one they helped make our seventh millionaire in the Millie Makers on FanDuel or DraftKings. You've heard about Colin Drew who hit for like 70K on Sunday and then another 150 
50k 24 hours later on Monday. If you are playing DFS and not using the Daily Roto tools, you are doing it wrong. You're at a competitive disadvantage. Go to DailyRoto.com. Click on the Grow Premium tab, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount, and you can start winning today. Scotty, let's look at the wide receiver ranks of Murchison. There's a couple of guys I want to ask you about. Listen, we know the top guys, okay? We know the guys that are, um, you have to start, right? Like, I'm not even looking at guys like one through 20, let's say, because the thing is, that the, the fact of the matter is, you're starting those guys, okay? I'm intrigued, though, Scott. There's a guy that uh, Murchison has pretty low, and I think he's actually been trending in the right direction. Murchison has him seven spots lower than the consensus, and we're in the 30s, okay? So the difference between 31 and 38 could be the difference between this guy starting this week or not. I'm talking about Tyler Gabriel on the Chicago Bears, Scotty. I actually think Gabriel has been trending in the right direction. I think as this offense evolves and gets more comfortable, Gabriel is the kind of receiver who's going to get more looks, more opportunities. Brandon Murchison has him as wide receiver 38, so outside of starting territory. But I think he's viable to start this week, especially against New England, where I think the game flow is they're going to have to throw. How do you view Tyler Gabriel this week? Uh, Taylor Gabriel, I have him at 26. Yeah, Um, so okay. You know, the guys had two consecutive 100-yard games. This offense, like we said, is either going to be in the game or playing catch-up. And he's had five catches in two consecutive weeks. I think there's a perception from the past that Taylor Gabriel is this kind of like boomer bust big play guy. Uh, But I, I, I think he's getting more volume. Yep, I hear you. you know, maybe people were thinking about that role that he had back in Atlanta, right, where he exactly. was just kind of the, the take Sometimes the top off the guy. Those, right. right. Sometimes it's hard to tear those labels off. Like Exactly. Like, you know, certain people have certain labels. You know, if I wanted mm-hmm. to, I could la- label Corey Parson a quitter, you know, because he wanted to quit the GST. You know, me, I'm one in five. I own it. I'm still putting out high bids for players and do my waivers and set my lineup. So, you know. You can respect that for me. So you can't always you can't always look at the labels. And with the players, you gotta take you gotta take the numbers off the back of the uniform at some point. And I think Keenan Allen is the best example of that. And again, people overlook I'm digressing, but people overlook kickers. Right now, let me ask you a question. Who's the top scoring kicker in fantasy football? I would go with my guy Kaim Fireburn. No, you would would you uh what did go with your guy? It's Jason Myers. Ooh, and he's okay. almost known nowhere. Jason Myers and Brett Mayer right now are excellent kickers and they're hardly owned anywhere. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I, um People Scotty, I don't know if you the narratives more than anything. Right. I don't I don't know if you agree, but there are three kickers that are kind of high high profile, shall I say, that I think are heavily added this week for different reasons. One is Greg Zerline because he was kind of banged up and is now coming back for the high-octane yeah, Rams. Kicker, yeah. Right? Yeah, and then there are yeah. two teams, you know, there are two teams that were on bye um, that are coming back to action this week that I think have kickers that are usually owned that may be worth it. I'm talking Matt Prater in, Matt Prater in Detroit and Will Lutz in New Orleans. Those are two guys because, remember, those teams had buys last week, and now they're back in action. So uh, I know we don't talk right. kickers much, and it's a little crazy, but those are two guys that, if available, I would definitely look to pick up as well. Do you agree with those, Scott? Yeah, but I would, I would, I would rank Myers and Mayer over them. They're just outscoring them. Okay. All right, fair enough. Let's go back to the wide receivers, Scotty. We were talking about uh, Gabriel, 
And here's the thing that I want to compare it against. He has Gabriel ranked behind the guy that I think is crazy, and that's Will Fuller. You know, he's got Gabriel at 38. He's got Will Fuller at 34. I would have Fuller lower than Gabriel this week. Um, Fuller with these Texans, you know, listen – Deshaun Watson, I've said this before, with the pressure, the first thing, the bad sign is that if Deshaun Watson starts taking his eyes and looks at the pressure instead of going downfield. And Will Fuller, honestly, is the type of wide receiver, the -the down-the-field wide receiver, where Watson needs time to throw. Watson needs time to throw those routes that are Will Fuller kind of routes, and he's not getting it, okay? And also, this week, Scotty? They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. We know that. We, we talked about, like, oh, maybe no defense is elite. But that Jaguar secondary is still one of the better ones in the league. All of these things, to me, are reasons why I would not have Will Fuller inside my top 36. But Brandon Murchison does. Am I crazy? Or what, what am I not seeing, Scotty? I have a ranked 40th. Uh, okay. Yeah, like, like you're saying, Deshaun Watson can't get the ball out for deep passes, number one. And number two, it's, how much is the hamstring out? Injury affecting right. Will Fuller, so you know I I have I I'll use Willie Sneed over Will Fuller this week. I think Sneed's a sneaky play in a revenge game against the Saints uh, at a guy that gives you ten eleven points every week. I think Willie Sneed is a great streamer, and I have Antonio Callaway against Tampa Bay ranked ahead of him. Oh wow, okay, so it sounds like you're a little bit kind of um, along the rationale that I'm having, um, especially connected I'm to what we've speech. seen. The pressure on Deshaun it's, Watson. It's Fugazi. How's that? Hey. Hey, let's clip that one also, Bavona. We got a lot of content today to use for some stuff. Hey, Bavona, are you with me down there in the fantasy pit of misery? Come on, the Roto Experts. What's the up? Hear you. What's going on, Bavona? Do me a favor. That's why Let I was know. here first. Hey, um... Did you get all that? I uh, did. Scotty, you I talk did. about uh, rivalries and whatnot? Yeah, of course. Uh, and how... Talk to me about this. Let me let me go inside real quick here. How did, talk to me. How are you going to uh, do? You cut that up? Are you going to use that as like an intro back on Frenzy? How do you make Corey Parsons aware of what Scott Angle says? And how do you make Scott Angle aware of what Corey Parsons says? Because they're like a married couple going. I'm going to tell you right now. A good magician does not uh, show his tricks. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you. Thank you, Pavona. Have fun down there. He's, he's got to put on some makeup and, you know, like try to please me a little more. Cause, uh, well, listen, I'm not uh, getting deep not into that, into who plays yeah. what roles. Yeah. Um, let's go <laughs> over with the minutes that we have left, Scotty. And let's talk about the tight end ranks here real quick. Um, one guy that I want to get your insight on. This is a guy that I was down on coming into the season because I said his rookie year at tight end was an abnormality and then he's been banged up but it looks like he's going to be back this week and I have narratives that are competing on the one side I like to attack the Atlanta Falcons uh you know tight end defense shall we say because the safeties are out uh the coverage linebacker Deion James is out but then on the flip side Eli Manning looks like he's done so how do you square those two things as it relates to Evan Ingram, who it looks like is going to return to the Giants on Monday Night Football against Atlanta? Uh, Murchison has him ranked as tight end 11. Where do you have him ranked in? Which of these narratives that I'm talking about, attacking, using tight ends to attack the Falcons, or Eli Manning just looks shot? Which one is uh, the narrative that you're hanging your hat on? I'm somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. I have been number 10. Uh Look, the Giants. The Giants might be able to put up some points there, but that doesn't mean Eli Manning's gonna have a good, great game. He could be. Uh, he could be two hundred and eighty yards, three hundred yards, two touchdowns, three, four interceptions. Uh, I think there's gonna be yardage to be had there and touchdowns to be had. 
that's not going to make me want to start Eli Manning, but it's better for his skill position players. Okay, so you're you're cool with starting. Uh, you're cool with starting Evan Ingram this week. Yeah, I have where do you have 10, him? So obviously number yeah. ten. I said I have a okay. number ten. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't catch that. My bad. Um, what about the other tight end on Monday night? You have Hooper, right? And I know you've been high on Austin Hooper. We have our little gentleman's bet going on with all the uh, uh, the pass catchers there in Atlanta. And Hooper's been trending in a good direction. We know that tight end has been a wasteland, you know, um, with injuries. Do you have Where do you have Hooper? Above or below Evan Ingram? I have him above, you know, two straight uh, nine-catch, 70-yard games. And a really, really good matchup. The Giants are historically bad against tight ends. I think Austin Hooper is going to be a popular daily play this week. Interesting. Okay, let's uh, round this out, Scotty. We even talk kickers. You know, we even talk kickers today, giving people kind of things of what to think about with kickers. I want to finish up with defenses. Listen, we've been talking about the Indianapolis Colts all week as a potential defense to stream because they're facing Buffalo. We said that regardless of who the quarterback is, it turns out to be veteran journeyman Derek Anderson who's going to get the start. We talked about that at the top of the show. Don't forget also Brock Osweiler getting the start for the Miami Dolphins. But any other defenses out there that you like this week? Yeah, uh, there, there are a few of them, actually. Uh, my defense That might be unowned? Right now. Yeah, well, actually, I have Houston number two, but uh, hmm. I, Indianapolis is the top one that you have to get. I like the Chargers against Tennessee, obviously, with how badly Tennessee played last week. I think an underrated defense for this week that people just aren't looking at. Sometimes people just look at record or points allowed. I I like Arizona a lot against Denver. I have them number seven. Uh, Detroit against Miami, number eight. And Washington against Dallas, number nine. Dallas has only scored 37 points on the road. All right, fair enough. I like some of those, uh, especially Arizona. And can I tell people that are streaming, if you're streaming, Scotty, uh, you like Arizona, it sounds like, this week, and I'm cool with that. You like him against Denver. Next week, um, they have San Francisco at home. Okay, Scotty, so this could be a stream that you pick up and then use two weeks weeks in a row. row. That's what I'm talking about. And then even next week, remember, they're going to be at home and coming off the long rest because week seven kicks off today with Arizona. So, you know, they're going to have the 10 days and then San Francisco coming to town. You saw what they did, that Arizona defense at San Francisco a couple of weeks ago. So an extra plug right there for the Cardinals defense, Scotty. Let's look at this game, though. If it's okay, I'd very much like to give a plug here because – it actually works. It's going to sound like promotion, but it's a plug. Do you know what I do with defenses, especially in the leagues where I can still change them on a Saturday or Sunday morning? Unlike, unlike some of my colleagues, you know, oh, who go on my name, but I was talking about, I give credit to other people where it's due. And yeah. Daily Roto, you don't have to always use Daily Roto just for daily. If you're hmm. a Daily Roto subscriber, and you're trying to make a tough decision between two similarly ranked players, I always like to bounce something off somebody else. I might call you speeds on Sunday morning and say, oh, you like this guy or that guy. You know, I can't get Drew Dinkmeyer or Mike Leone on the phone because those guys are too busy on the weekends, right? But what I'll do is if I'm a Daily Roto subscriber, I'll look at their projections to see who they like better when I want to make tough lineup decisions. And what I do is when I go to the optimizer – I actually pick out the defenses and look at their projections and see who they have ranked. And sometimes that's a defense I could stream that nobody else has picked up or is thinking about. And it's gotten me wins the last two weeks. It, it's helped me get wins. It's, uh, you know, the last last week, 
you know, the Jets gave up 32 points, but they put their their interceptions and their sacks gave me 13. The week before, Kansas City got me 24. It's you know, Take a look at the lineup optimizer, if you have it, for some of your seasonal decisions. Yeah, that makes complete sense, Scotty. That makes sense that we're going to use that, you know, that same stats and tools that you use, whether it's for DFS or to make some decisions in season long. I like that a lot. Let's go to this game real quick, Scotty. We only got a minute left. Denver Broncos are at Arizona. The Cardinals are a two-point home underdog tonight, Scotty, and the total is at 42 right now. A, where are you leaning on this game? And B, do you feel strong enough to make this any one of your three official picks for the week? I think Arizona's going to win this game. I think Denver's yep. and they're really getting two bad. points at home, and not yep. not as bad as people have perceived. You know, give give me give me Arizona here, uh, and I think their defense is a terrific start. And I think Christian Kirk is a good start. David Johnson <laughs> should get in the end zone. On the other side of the ball, uh, you got to like Emmanuel Sanders, of course. Uh, Philip Lindsay. This could be a little bit more of a mid range scoring game. I think, uh, you know, like a twenty eight twenty four kind of game. Interesting. I agree with you. I'm staying away from the total of 42. My knee-jerk reaction would be to bet the over because every game is the over. We've talked about this. But Thursday night, sometimes funky things happen, clunkers. But I do, listen, my narratives, you know this, Scotty. The home team on Thursday night football and a home dog. The Arizona Cardinals fit both of those categories this week. So give me the Arizona Cardinals plus two as well. Scotty, we'll be back tomorrow. Football Friday. Have a great day, brother, man. FST is up next. This has been Roto Experts in the morning. I'll see you tomorrow.